The following content has been provided by RWTH, Aachen University. So the X-Window started, system started in, at Stanford um, as the W-Window system, which the, the uh, researchers there wrote for the VOS. So you can see the overburdening creativity in naming uh, systems here. Um, what was interesting about the W window system from Stanford was that it took the base window system in the graphics event library and moved it to a remote machine. Meaning that instead of writing an application where you do a local library call to you know, open a window or draw into a window, that would actually be turned into network communication. What was the point here? Uh, two things. First of all, um, it was, you could say, an exercise in architecture um, by making this layer between the applications, um, the UI toolkit, the window manager on the one hand, and the base window system and the graphics event library on the other end. By making that layer a network layer, you got very nice abstraction, right? And it became actually fairly simple to port that lower part to some other architecture because all you had to adhere to was a TCP-based pro protocol, for example, right? rather than having to compile it together into a single application, you know, binary, library, whatever, running on every new platform, you could actually just port the kernel, if you want, port the base window system and graphics event library to a new hardware, and that machine was ready to display and show windows, take events, and, and show client interfaces, basically show applications running. Although all it was doing was listening on, its, on network ports to stuff that an application that was running on a different machine was telling it. The second reason of doing this was that in those days, um, you you'd seen a lot of, we know this from DIS1, from the history of, of, of technology and, and, and user interfaces, uh, we'd seen sort of the proliferation of terminals around central big you know, computing um, servers. So you had these like, you know, fairly powerful machines sitting somewhere, but just a few of them, and then people were connecting to them using terminals. And in the old days, think about what was happening. You were basically sitting in front of a little terminal, and all that was linking you to the central machine was essentially you know, serial communication, sending characters back and forth. Right? So if you take that idea and now bring it to a graphical level, it means that you want to sit in front of a terminal you want to see you know, a graphical user interface with windows and, and drawings and stuff like this, but you still want the application that is driving that interface to run on the powerful server, not on your wimpy little terminal on your, on your desktop. Does that make sense? Right, so it's essentially the similar picture to a client-server architecture, like a, um, you know, a terminal-slash-server architecture from the textual user interface period that we're now seeing in the graphical one. And this, of course, requires you to create a network protocol between your terminal that does the input-output and the big machine that is doing the computation that's running your application. And I'm going to co confuse you no end with the naming of these things um, because these guys decided to name things um, sort of opposite from what you would expect with client and, and server. But we'll get to this in a second. Um, what the MIT then did, took the West Coast system that had one basic problem. Um, the system from Stanford was 
essentially using synchronous calls. So if the application wanted to draw a line, it would tell the terminal to draw a line over the network, would send that command, and then it would wait for that command to complete. And then it would draw the next line. Right? So full turnarounds all the time. And since networks were kind of slow compared to today, back in those days, this was really bogging things down. And if you had like sort of network traffic that got a little, you know, skimpy, then you actually had a lot of problems interacting with these applications. So what MIT did was the key change that the X window system, which was then sort of the you know, successor of the W window system, um, was that they turned this into an asynchronous communication. In other words, the client application, the, the application was drawing line after line without waiting for completion messages every time. It was just assuming that things were going well, unless it heard otherwise on the network from the terminal. Okay? And this improved performance a lot because it got rid of the bottleneck of always sending things round trip for every single command that was a drawing primitive, for example. Now here's where it gets weird and where you have to sort of wrap your head around the, the terminology. The application that is running on that big machine that is very powerful, that's not in your room, not on your desktop, um, that application was called the X client. Not the server, although it might be running on something that looks like a server. Okay. This client would be calling then uh, library calls to draw things in the X library, or Xlib for short. Um, and that Xlib on the client machine would package up these drawing requests, for example, you know, draw a line, turn it into a network packet, send it over as a message to my machine that I'm sitting at as a user, seeing you know, basically my terminal. And my machine would have to receive those packets, unpack them, and execute them, and draw the corresponding lines that I'm asked to draw. And this thing that's running on my machine that I'm sitting at, and my terminal, if you want, was called the X server. Because from a program structure point of view, it was basically a typical server, like a web server. It was sitting there, waiting for things, requests from clients, and executing them. Right? So the X server is a piece of code, is an application, it's a runtime, that is executed on the machine that the user is sitting at. So the user is kind of sitting at the server, which is weird, and the client is running back in the basement. The protocol these two were used, using to talk to each other, you know, the client sending messages to the server for the most time, but also the server, of course, sending messages back to the client, um, was using the X protocol. Um, this is, by the way, similar to the Andrew system, which I think is also mentioned in that news article, isn't it? Do they mention Andrew? Yeah? Yeah, it does come up, right. Um, the only th thing that X does differently is that the window manager is separated out as a separate process. Um, interesting question. Would you think that the window manager then is an X client or an X server? Yes! <laughs> Full score. Um, it's a client because, like an application, it would send commands across the network and tell the X server to draw things, in this case decoration, for example, around Windows, um, on the server screen, on the ter terminal. Um, by the way, I'm always talking about the client 
sending stuff to the terminal, to the serv uh, server running on the terminal here. Um, and that's true, of course, for all the drawing that's happening. What kind of messages will the X server running here be sending back to the client? Yeah? Events. Exactly, right? Anything happening here, mouse, keyboard, obviously needs to go across the line uh, back to the client running on that big machine. So the first version was X10 uh, as the first public release. X11 was a major redesign uh, that much simplified sort of the cross-platform uh, deployment of these things. So what you will find is that an X server is available for you know, a lot of architectures under the sun. Pretty much any hardware you can run an X server on. Um, for example, the, uh, you can get an X server for Mac OS X even today. Uh, and we'll show you an example later on of, of running this. So what I told you looks like this if you take, put it in an architecture picture. We have the hardware, we've got the, uh, the OS, the kernel essentially, and then we have the X server running here as a user level process on this machine. The X server is something you can terminate, you can quit as a user. You can start, start you, can, you can shut it down. If you shut it down, uh, that terminal no longer receives information from the clients, the applications running somewhere else on the network, uh, but it's still a perfectly valid, you know, maybe text-based um, user interface. The network is in between, and then we have a typical application that talks to the xlib, you know, down here, um, and the xlib package packets up, like, you know, drawing requests, like draw a line, draw a circle, stuff like this, you know, set a character, a font uh, character, um, and put it on the screen, and sends that, the xlib sends that as packages to the server, which then unpacks them and draws them um, on, the, on the hardware here. The application we will see also, you know, will need a user interface toolkit, um, so widgets basically, and the widgets in uh, the case of, uh, of X actually consist of these two things, the widget set itself and the XT intrinsics. These two sort of create the um, base window system and um, user interface toolkit in X. So most of the times as an application developer you'll be talking not to the xlib directly because you're not very often drawing individual lines, usually like you know, putting a button on the screen or stuff like this. Uh, mostly you'll be talking to functions from the widget set or maybe from the XD intrinsics. The window manager itself is also, as we said, a client process. So it's like a normal application, also talks to the xlib. Uh, it doesn't need the widget set because the widgets that the window manager draws are specially created by the window manager and inside the window manager itself. Um, to put around as decoration. Now they will usually have to look like the ones that are offered in the UI toolkit in this widget set here so that you have a consistent look and feel between the window manager and your application's internal look that it gets from the widget set. Okay, so base window system and graphics event library are sort of, uh, sorry I said it's up here, obviously the base window system is sort of down here, so the X server is essentially representing the base window system and the graphics event library. Um, and the UI toolkit, the widget set, and the intrinsics here, and the window manager are up, are up here. It's a little weird that this is split into two, but we'll see in a moment why this is necessary in X. Uh, the reason basically is that you can even exchange the widget set. You can use different widget sets, and we'll see two examples. In X, almost anything is exchangeable. It's an incredibly open uh, platform that has very clear 
sort of layer structures so that it's fairly easy to take something out and replace it with something else that fulfills the same protocols um, and then, for example, gives you a different look and feel. This content was provided by RWTH, Aachen University.